We're at the end of the week, and we had a great week in football history and personal football history for this guy. I got to make a great visit down to the city of Pittsburgh in the PFRA convention. I'll tell you a little bit about that and some words I'm having a little bit of issue with in a game of football. We'll talk about these and more coming up in just a moment. This is the Pigskin Daily History Dispatch, a podcast that covers the anniversaries of American football events throughout history on a day-to-day basis. Your host, Darren Hayes, is podcasting from America's North Shore to bring you the memories of the gridiron one day at a time. So as we come out of the tunnel of the Sports History Network, let's take the field and go no huddle through the portal of positive gridiron history with pigskindispatch.com. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, my football friends. This is Darren Hayes of pigskindispatch.com. Welcome once again to the Pigpen, your portal to positive football history. And welcome to another edition of football history as we're going to talk about some great things tonight. going to be a little bit out of the ordinary, not our typical show where we're going into one history topic, but we're going to talk about some generalizations and some experiences that I've had and a little bit of troublesome things I've had with some football words. Uh, We'll get to that in a moment. But before we do, let's make sure you're aware of our daily newsletter. We have many people signing up for this newsletter. I think they're getting a great experience with this. Uh, We are tapping into sports history on a daily basis. We have our items from from, uh, Pigskin Dispatch in the football realm. We also have Jersey Dispatch, where we are talking about some baseball, basketball, hockey, and some other sports. But we also are using some of the items that are coming across the wires from the Sports History Network.com from our friend Len Furman and from Harv Aronson and we're trying to add on some more of our friends too uh, going into their feed so you can experience what they're doing on a day-to-day and uh, weekly basis. It's really easy to sign up for it. It's totally free. Go to the show notes of this very podcast. Go over to the top of Pigskin Dispatch or JerseyDispatch.com and you can sign up for free. Cancel at any time and uh, you know no, no harm, no foul, and I think you'll really enjoy it getting to sports history. And you also get an image of the day uh, from back in sports history. We usually try to go for some real antique-type images that are make you think and make you look at it for a few minutes and make your day just a little bit brighter in sports history. Now, first of all, I want to share with you uh, a few days ago, I got back from the Professional Football Researchers Association 2023 conference and boy what some great football history we've covered there it was in pittsburgh area for this uh this time around on this biannual convention for the pfra and you know george bazika and uh lee elder just did some great organization and set up some really magnificent things anybody else that helped them too i don't want to leave anybody out but i know that those were the two main folks that uh took care of this but we ended up getting into uh, I got in there Friday morning and our first stop is we took an add-on trip and drove about 40 miles away from downtown Pittsburgh to the city of Latrobe, Pennsylvania. And that is uh, famous because that's where John Brailier uh, first played professional football with the Latrobe Athletic Association. And, uh, you know, it was thought for many, many years until 1971 that he was the first paid player at American football. Well, we came to find out in 1971 uh, with the papers that were found that were given to Mr. Rooney and, uh, you know, the, the proof, the sort of the holy grail 
uh, came about where Pudge Heffelfinger was paid $500 by the Allegheny Athletic Association in downtown Pittsburgh. Real close to our hotel, we were within a half mile, actually on the spot where Three River Stadium stood in between PNC Park, the baseball stadium of the Pirates, and Akersher Stadium where the Steelers play, right in the parking lot there. So a lot of famous things happening there. Uh, the Immaculate Reception, uh, you know, the great teams of the 70s and uh, 90s and 2000s for Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, some legends that uh, of the game play their games there, but also the first paid player, as well as uh, many games before the Pirates and Steelers of the NFL were playing there. Anyway, back to Latrobe. So we got to Latrobe, we uh, went through the historical society, they had a really nice presentation for us, lots of uh, eye candy to look at, uh, many items from those uh, you know, early days of pro football, the 1890s and, and beyond, some helmets and, and gear were encased, and a lot of great photographs and uh, just some great written records as well. And you know, just a lot of treasures there, a lot more than just football in the Latrobe Historical Society. They also uh, have the claim to the first banana split. Uh, they ha- have a couple other items as well that uh, they, they have in there. So just some really great memories uh, to, to talk about. So we went back to Pittsburgh, had some great guests. Um, uh, so the, some ladies, the owner and one of the coaches of the Pittsburgh Passion women's football team spoke to us that night. And then we had a couple authors uh, on some great Steelers books. Uh, Mr. Rudy Dix and Pete Peterson talked about each talked about their respective books. And then we broke and had, you know, got to chat with some of our old friends that, uh, you know, some of them have been on this very program, um, got to commune with them, eat and spend a weekend with them with some great catching up on them. Uh, but I've left something out when we were in Latrobe. We, a bunch of us snuck over to the Steelers training camp and uh, got to see Steelers in day three of their training camp of the 2023 season. So that was quite a delight uh, for me, especially being a Steelers fan. And Saturday was more of the same. We got a lot more speakers, uh, a lot of our own PFRA members have books that are out. Uh, you've heard a lot of them, you know, Joe Ziemba and R.C. Christensen, uh, Greg Tranter, and uh, you know, many more have some books out. We don't want to jinx anything. We're hoping to have uh, some of these folks come on and talk about their most recent writings. And we made some new friends as well and some new contacts, and we're hoping we can get uh, those folks on too. And we also had a couple of uh, you know former NFL players, including John Kolb, the offensive a tackle, the left tackle of the Pittsburgh Steelers, four-time Super Bowl winner. Yeah, we got to meet him in person, and he had some great things to say as well, and he's doing some excellent things in his life after football too. So just a tremendous weekend, and uh, you know, hats off to, to Mr. Bozica, Mr. Elder for what they did, and uh, some great times were had by all. And uh, it continued on to the next day. I, I had to leave, unfortunately, Saturday night, but they went on to – uh, Akersher Stadium for a tour Sunday morning and I have to say too that the day before I got there they went to the John Heinz Historical uh, uh, Society uh, the museum they're real close to our hotel and they got to see a bunch of great football stuff in there as well now I've got some trouble with some football words and I'm going to tell you about those right at, when we come back after this if you have ever seen a sports story on TV or online, or maybe in a newspaper, chances are once upon a time you have seen it before. 
Hello, I'm Dana Augusta, former sports writer and now podcaster, and I host a show called Historically Speaking Sports, where we place a historical spin on a current sports headline or take the topic that most people are talking about and compare and contrast it through the lens of sports history. In this show, we talk to researchers, authors, and other sports history connoisseurs about what fans and analysts are talking about, yet in the terms of sports history. We also do a weekly top five countdown, highlighting moments that pertain to the subject of the show or the five greatest moments in the history of sports that took place that week. And to complete the show, we send a shout out to a famous sports figure or moment in sports history that both pertains to that episode or someone who had a dramatic role in sports history or an event in history that fans just need to be reminded of. The show, Historically Speaking Sports, where we put a historical spin on sports headlines. That's Historically Speaking Sports, right here on the Sports History Network. Hello sports fans, I'm Dana Augusta and you are listening to the hardest working man in all of sports history, the peerless principal of the pig pen, my man Darren Hayes and the Pigskin Dispatch, right here on the Sports History Network. There, I hope you enjoyed those messages. Uh, those are compliments of Dana Auguster, our friend uh, that does Historically Speaking Sports. And uh, Dana does a great job. Great idea having these bumpers coming out. We're going to try to have more of those as we go along here. Now, I had some trouble with some football words I was telling you. And these are some words that, uh, you know, while you're reading, while I'm writing, um, just conversation about football, words that come up. And it's sort of a, a football synonym conundrum. Uh, the first words we have is the word program. Now, program in football has a couple different meanings. Uh, you can you know, have the team, especially college teams, they call it their football program. Uh, coaches will bring in their, their whole strategy and their whole philosophy of how players should get ready and their offensive schemes and defensive schemes and uh, you know exercise regimen and eating and everything else and it becomes part of that football program uh, that they put on the field well the other thing for a football program is you go to the stadium you give the ticket takers your your ticket or i guess now you scan in and you walk in the stadium and there's somebody there selling you a program for the day's game a little bit confusing so when somebody says, you know, hey, did you uh, see that, that program from Clemson? Well, it's hard to say. Do, do, do the program, the team that came on the field, program, you have to put it into context a little bit. That's a minor one, not too bad. Uh, the other one I have, uh, you know, that comes up, and this one really, especially this time of year before the season starts, is when I'm reading something, is the word is spelled R-E-S-I-G-N. You can say it the word resign or resign. And that becomes a little bit confusing. I'll be going along reading something and it says, you know, such and such a player has resigned. But did he resign or resign from the team? And it gets a little bit confusing. You have to read on and put it into proper context again. And you don't know if the guy you know, quit the team, retired, or he's you know, gone and uh, contracted on to play a lot more with that team. 
So two opposite meetings. That one could be a little bit troublesome when you read it at first, and especially if it's a good player on your team that you're very interested in, and uh, you think maybe they resigned. And uh, no, they re-signed. So that's just a funny little thing we have on there. Uh, another common football word, and I'm, I can see sort of where this connotation comes in, and probably we could look at Timothy timothy p brown's book hut hut hike and probably come up with the double meaning of this one that's the word down you know we have we know down there's four downs uh, in a series for football they uh you know they want to get a first down you know, reach the the line to gain equipment get a first down uh you know we got start off the ball always on first down so the word first down even is a little bit uh, a little bit confusing Again, you have to look at the context you're using it in the game, but we take it for granted. But somebody that's not familiar with football would, might have some problem with that. But down has another meaning in football. It has a couple other meanings, but that one in particular is when a player gets tackled and he is down. His knee hits the ground, his elbow, anything but his hands or his feet touch the ground. He's down by contact. You know, ball is dead at that point. So he's down. We also have the word touchdown. You know, he, has, we know from uh, uh, Tim Brown and some others that have come on and told us, uh, Tony Collins talking about rugby, how they touched down. They had to touch the ball down in the end zone, put the ball on the ground and touch it down. So that word down is uh, a lot of meanings. You have, if you played, uh, you know, the, the snap cadence, and it's usually ready and some teams will go down. That's when the linemen put their hands in the dirt. Um, another another meaning of down. So you got to really pay attention to, to some of those words. But probably the biggest one that maybe could cause confusion for an outsider that just knows a little bit about football is the word safety. We've got three main meanings of the word safety, and there's probably more, but three that I can come up with that... Uh, come into common conversation about that. First of all is safety as far as the players being out of harm's way. Player safety. Uh, you know, the equipment, protective equipment is a safety item. Some of the rules, you know, like spearing and, uh, you know, face mask and, and things like that were kind of egregious that can be harmful to a player. That's all based on player safety. Uh, you know, the launch point and you know, uh, hitting in the helmet to helmet contact, player safety. Gotta make sure we talk about it. Then we also have the position defense. Uh, usually there's two of them in a normal defense. The, the guys furthest back in a defensive backfield are called safeties. You have the free safety, strong safety, uh, other terms of use with that safety, but they're sort of that safety valve guy, the last man that can make the tackle. I think is where that sort of comes up to for that safety. So that's the second meaning of the word safety, but we throw it around, you know, he plays safety or he so-and-so's a safety. Uh, hey, where's my safety, my extra safety, coaches my yell. So that, that comes up quite often. And lastly, the, the word safety is the two-point score when a defense uh, will make the ball dead behind the offense's goal line by rule and be awarded two points so that's when you know the magic of a defense that's how a common way they can score that doesn't happen all the time maybe your team maybe gets a safety once every year once every two years 
uh, in the NFL. College, maybe it's a little bit more prevalent when you have teams that are outmatched. Sometimes they'll get a little bit more safeties. But just a, another common word where you really got to pay attention to what's being said and how it's being used in a sentence or uh, in a program broadcast or whatever. Think about those different words and how confusing that can be to somebody that doesn't know the game of football. So these are the things I think about when I'm laying in bed on night. <laughs> That's I'm a sick person, I know. My family tells me that all the time. Well, if you have any other words like this that have those double meanings that you can think of in the game of football, I'd be interested to hear them. Pigskindispatch at gmail.com. If you have any comments, uh, you were down at the PFRA convention or you have any questions about joining the PFRA, well, contact us on that too. We'll get you in touch with the person that can help you out. Pigskindispatch at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Pigskindispatch, Facebook, Pigskindispatch, and the new threads. We are at Pigskindispatch there as well. And LinkedIn, it's Darren Hayes. Until next time, everybody, have a great gridiron day. That's all the football history we have today, folks. Join us back tomorrow for more of your football history. We invite you to check out our website, pigskindispatch.com, not only to see the daily football history, but to experience positive football with our many articles on the good people of the game, as well as our own football comic strip, Cleet Marks Comics. Pigskindispatch.com is also on social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all of your positive football news and history. Special thanks to the talents of Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff for letting us use their music during our podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com.